catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Monday morning, October 31st. I'm Jacob Sedesi. And I'm Sarah Sowers. And this is The Point from WUFT News. Members of the Florida Board of Medicine and Florida Board of Osteopathic Medicine voted on a draft rule that would restrict Florida doctors from providing gender-affirming treatments to transgender people under the age of 18. I spoke with WUSF's Daylena Miller on what happened at the committee meeting and the potential impacts if the rule is finalized. So I was at the Florida Board of Medicine meeting on Friday in Orlando where they voted to ban gender-affirming care for trans youth. What they really did was voted to start drafting a proposal to ban it, so there's not an official ban in place yet. Um, There is another meeting next Friday also in Orlando where they're going to be um, sort of revealing the draft language and having more discussion around that. What it would do is would ban um, puberty blockers, uh, hormone treatments, and surgery, um, the latter of which is extremely rare in minors. So can you start off by giving us a brief summary of what actually went on at the meeting? So it was a five-hour meeting. It was pretty contentious. It started off with six experts that gave their uh, presentations, three of which are for gender-affirming care, three of which were against gender-affirming care. Um, The three that were against gender-affirming care cited a lot of blatantly false statistics about transitioned youth, saying that 50 to 90% of youth uh, detransition or decide to identify with the gender that they were assigned at birth and stop their treatments, when in reality, a medical journal called The Lancet just published a study earlier this month that actually refutes that, that 98% of trans youth who transition continue that treatment into adulthood. So there was a lot of back and forth between the experts and the medical board with them asking questions. There were a lot of bad faith questions on behalf of the medical board that sort of um, implied that they were trying to steer the conversation towards showing that gender affirming care is harmful. Um, A lot of dog whistle language like uh, biological females and biological males being used by the board. Can you talk a little bit about what happened during the public comment period? It appeared that they had reshuffled uh, the order of the speakers so that nine detransitioners were able to speak before any other trans people. Now, these detransitioners um, were flown in by the state. This is what Simone Chris with Southern Legal Counsel told me, that they were flown in by the state, that they are actually witnesses in a case that Southern Legal Counsel has against the state when it comes to the state's ban on Medicaid covering gender-affirming care. So these individuals are not Floridians. They did not get treatment in Florida, and they were allowed to speak on behalf of Floridians um, who were not able to speak at the meeting. And then when they cut short the public comment period, they told trans people that they told the individuals at the meeting that they could send an email with their commentary. Um, So that broke out with a lot of chanting, a lot of people saying that there will be blood on the medical board's hands, in which a medical board member replied, that's okay. So yeah, can you go a little bit into the impacts if this rule is finalized and goes 
into effect? If this rule goes into effect, trans youth would e either have to get black market hormones, which is problematic because you don't necessarily know where the hormones are coming from. You don't always know what exactly is in them. You're not being guided by medical treatment. When you're getting these hormones um, from a medical provider, you are getting constant blood work, constant testing done to make sure that there are no adverse effects of the medications. Um, when people have to resort to black market hormones, they are not getting this, this medical guidance to go along with it. And that can be very dangerous. It can contradict with other medications they're taking, with other health conditions they have. Um, for a lot of the youth, it's just going to mean that to get gender affirming care, they're going to have to go out of state. So what comes next? What's on the agenda for the next meeting? So next Friday's meeting is where they're going to reveal the language of the draft rule and then have further discussion to firm up what exactly that it says. Um, there was some conversation during last Friday's meeting about potentially um, carving out exceptions and allowing children that are already on uh, these hormones to continue their treatments. Uh, there might be exceptions for uh, trans youth that are involved in clinical trials, um, but we don't know the specifics yet. host Jacob Sedesi with WUSF reporter Daylina Miller talking about how new laws might restrict doctors from providing gender-affirming care in Florida. For more on the story, check out WUSF.org. Now for today's top headlines. The University of Florida, University of Georgia, and others respond after anti-Semitic messages were displayed outside the Florida-Georgia football game in Jacksonville Saturday. The Alligator reports that other organizations like UF Hillel, the SEC, and TIAA Bank, who owns the Jacksonville Stadium, also denounced the messages and said they stand with the Jewish community. After pouring workers and equipment into restoring electricity post-Hurricane Ian, Florida Power and Light expects to seek approval to recoup about $1.1 billion from customers, officials said Friday. The News Service of Florida reports it was not immediately clear when FPL will file a proposal at the Florida Public Service Commission or how the proposal would affect customers' monthly bills. Utilities have been traditionally allowed to recover costs from consumers after hurricanes. Florida's summers have been trending warmer for the past two decades, which might be impacting the survival of wildlife. NPR reports that studies show the majority of loggerhead sea turtle hatchlings have been female, which may lead to population decline. Sea turtle nesting season, which runs from May 1st to October 31st, ends today. In Alachua County, early voting for the 2022 general election will run from now through November 5th. Seven locations around the county are open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest news in your inbox Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org for more information. I'm Sarah Sowers. And I'm Jacob Sedesi. And you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Happy Halloween.